My friends, we have been promising it for months that we were going to cover all of the other Spider-Man movies over on Bingers Assemble. We're finally doing it <laughs> with no time to spare. So, we did Amazing Spider-Mans 1 and 2, and that is what I'm going to drop right here. This is Amazing Spider-Man 2 in the feed. I chose this one in particular to put in the MCU cast feed uh, for two reasons. We had a little bit of an audio issue on Amazing Spider-Man 1, and then... And me and Jeff just had a lot of fun tearing into Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, you know, we had mixed feelings on Amazing Spider-Man 1, but Amazing Spider-Man 2, we kind of went to town on. But if you want to hear Amazing Spider-Man 1, Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then tomorrow we're dropping the first Raimi Spider-Man and the next and the next every day this week over on Bingers Assemble. So if you were excited about No Way Home, we're doing a little extra talk at the end of each episode on how we think these characters from each movie might intersect with no way home so just just having a good time so go to bingers assemble wherever you get your podcasts hit subscribe and we will be right there in that feed for five days straight with five different spider-man movies uh it's a busy busy week but we hope you guys enjoy it check it out this time on bingers assemble bingers matthew carroll and jeff randall team up to take on 2014's the amazing spider-man 2 in the run-up Two, Spider-Man, No Way Home. All that and for that we have no control over. Welcome to Bingers Assemble, the podcast where we rewatch movies so you don't have to. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. We're just good people like that. So, you know, we rewatch these films that we're just so excited about. Yeah, so excited about. But we were willing to take it off your plate. Um, so, <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 2. <sighs> Not so amazing. Uh, yeah, I got defensive for Amazing Spider-Man 1. And then I watched Amazing Spider-Man 2, and it is kind of an uneven mess and who yeah. is who is this movie for? <laughs> who is right? this movie for? But before we do all that, let's get we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but let's go ahead and do our recap that we love to do. Uh, would you like to take the shot this time? Yeah, it's my turn. It's my turn. It is indeed. So the shot is our uh, recap. We do sixty seconds on the clock for Jeff to give uh, us much detail about this. Movie. Sixty seconds. That's right. That is it. Oh, That's God. it. Man. Okay. And here you go. So this movie consists of way too many plots. The A plot that we get is Peter Parker dealing with his promise that he made to Captain Stacy and dealing with the relationship with Gwen that he has where he tr he wants to continue that. And she sees it, he sees it, he's sad. He keeps seeing Stacy everywhere he goes. They break up, get back together, whatever. It's a it's a romantic story. Would have been great if that was the only thing. B plot. <laughs> we get this contrived normal uh story of of a of a, a supervillain getting their powers from some weird science experiment and coming up with a ridiculous name it crashes into a plot uh, and somehow c plot comes in where a friend we never have heard of before never have seen before in this franchise comes in and longtime friend best pal whatever crashes into the other plots and then somehow d plot it gets worked in the background where peter's finding out about what his dad was doing and that doesn't have anything to do and with that's time <laughs> helping anything yeah yeah there's a lot going on and very <laughs> little of it matters 
Okay, okay, I'll, I'll do, I'll do. Yeah, you got your 30 second chaser. I don't know, you, you, okay, here we go. Putting 30 seconds on the clock. Okay, you really did a good job of nailing out, down all of the things. But let me just say, like, how uneven this freaking movie is. You got a Spider-Man <laughs> who wants to be Spider-Man. It's a freaking cartoon character in this first battle. The first battle with uh, Proto-Rhino is just a freaking cartoon to the point that, like, as an adult, I was, like, embarrassed to be watching it. Like, yoinks, wink, wink, wink. It didn't, it didn't fit the tone of any other battle in this entire series. It was bonkers. And then you have the freaking moment where... And, and then, but then freaking Gwen Stacy dies. It's just crazy. It's crazy. Who is this movie for? That is my time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do want to say like, I missed, I, I didn't have enough time to include the rhino part, which is E plot basically. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where they're yeah. trying to set up for the sinister six in a later film. Right. If they can, the, the rhinos are wrap around basically. It's like, here's the beginning. Here's the end. <laughs> Here's the rhino where he starts. Here's where he ends. It's like, here's an origin story for another character. They're trying too hard to build a universe, but this is, and I said it in my, my chaser, but like open bar time. What the hell? This beginning of this movie is a freaking cartoon. When he fights the rhino, literally like he's catching radioactive, uh, isotopes or whatever the hell, like these canisters. Ooze. I do have an issue with the science of that sequence, but go ahead. Right, right, right. Uh, it's, it's, it's just insane. I do too. These glass vials bouncing down the road. That doesn't seem very scientific at all. Uh, but he's, well, it's, it's radioactive and it said like it had a, a speaker in it. I guess for the scientists who are normally handling this stuff, that's like, this is radioactive and very explosive. Like, right. it's not going to say that first no, that's off. The thing. That's the kind of thing you put in a freaking cartoon. That entire yep. sequence is from a different franchise where Spider-Man is a cartoon character and it like, he's bouncing around. He's acting silly. Like he's not funny and quippy. He's like a cartoon character level of silly that I could enjoy in a cartoon or I could enjoy in a totally different Spider-Man franchise for children. But then the movie ends with Gwen Stacy getting her head bashed on concrete. Like, that is yep. one of the most violent deaths in a freaking comic book movie I have ever seen. Who is this movie for? Like, the person who wants to see Gwen Stacy get her head bounced off concrete? I don't know any of those people, but who, whoever wants to see that? Like, that violent. Like, it's... <laughs> Just like it hurts me to talk about this movie because of how violent that is. It's like so freaking violent. What person who wants to see that wants to see a bouncy, crazy cartoon Spider-Man? And what a person who wants to watch a cartoon, bouncy, crazy Spider-Man at the beginning wants to watch a Gwen Stacy get her head bashed in? doesn't make any sense. <laughs> also, just continuing, the friggin' arcs. The friggin' arcs, like... Gwen the Stacey. arcs of electricity or the that, story arcs? Oh gosh, don't really make give me start on Electro. Like, who the hell is he? Like... <laughs> This is fun for me. I know. It's so much fun. I'm never the negative guy. I always try to find something positive. Yeah. You're doing exactly what I have inside my head the whole time the movie's going. Like, <laughs> what the? What the? Like, I'm mad. Before I get to Electro, let's talk about Gwen Stacy for a second. The whole arc of this movie, Gwen Stacy has a fuck the patriarchy moment, right? She's yeah. like, I make my own decisions. Like that's yep. her whole thing. The whole, the, 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 the guilt from the first movie where Captain Stacy said, let's stay away from my daughter. And she's had to put up with her father. In this one, it's the ghost of her father, but it's like echoes of, of what he had been as far as a patriarch right. of the family. Right. And, and, and really like her father is still controlling her life. And she's yeah. like trying to decide what to do. 
and it, she just wants to get away from this relationship. She's about to leave for Europe. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot going on in their relationship in this movie instead of just lovey dovey goo eyes of the first one, which was nice. But like, yeah. I just almost felt like, why have him take, all right, just anyway, the, the, yeah. the, the arc of the movie is we, we need to stay away from each other and we need to stay away from each other. And then she tells Peter, no, we don't. I make my own decision. Fuck the patriarchy. I'm choosing you because it's my decision. And then immediately dies for that decision. Like, who is this movie for? <laughs> if you buck the patriarchy, you die. That's exactly it. This it's is like, a cautionary tale. Exactly. Like, is this movie for the person who's like, I'm a strong, independent woman who wants to, wants to buck the patriarchy? Or is it for the man who's sitting there going, yeah, that's what you get. Do what your father says. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man Two. What the fuck? That's the, <laughs> yep, that's the title. Exactly. Needs to be a subtitle. <laughs> and do, would you like to take Electro? Would you like to discuss the Electro plot line? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> because okay, so like, it feels like there were probably three good movies or three. One good movie and maybe two decent movies that were all shoved together in classic Sony fashion. Right, exactly. Just smashed together into this. Like the story of Gwen Stacy and and Peter, you know, will they, won't they, on and off again, whatever. Like her making a decision for herself and living her best life, as she might put it. Right. That's a touching story. It's a, or, you know, except for the whole, like, you know, this is what you get for bucking the patriarchy. Except for the head on concrete thing. Like I wasn't a big yeah. fan of that ending, but like <laughs> it was a, it was a good story of like these two teenagers, basically these two high school graduates uh, that are, you know, figuring themselves out and figuring out their relationship. And yeah. like, it could be really touching and great and great to watch. But then you've also got this plot of, or like this very contrived, you know, guy, <laughs> guy falls into a vat of electric With, eels. We joked yeah. on the last episode about how everybody's animal based. In, yeah. in, and, and Electro is one of the few in comics that is not animal based. Like but he is, he is not now. A, in this one, he's an electrical <laughs> eel. Uh, so like, sure. <laughs> sure. But then he consumes electricity to get stronger. Like, yeah. And he stores it. He's a battery. He's, uh, none of this. I'm getting mad again. None of this okay, let it really out, makes any sense. He also goes fully non-corporeal, by the way. Just like right. fully ghost electricity man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make... It's, mm, like There are parts of it that could be put into a great movie. Well, of course there is. It's a remix of a bunch of different Spider-Man plots from comics right. that all work in comics in their different ways. But like, man, oh man... Is this one just everything is half baked? Every one of, it's not just that they shoved a bunch of them in, but all of them are half baked. And my problem with the Electro storyline is that like, who is this character? Like it'd be one thing if he had a little hint. It's kind of like we talked about with, uh, he's Doc- nobody. <laughs> right, right. He's nobody. <laughs> and then as soon as he gets the electricity, he is all of his anger and like, resentment for being nobody comes out. Like, I wish they'd shown a little bit of that. He's basically kind of the Joker 
like 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 the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Like he's got that sensibility where he's like, I'm the one who's left behind by society, and now that I have power, I'm gonna come for you all. But there's no yeah. sense of that darkness before the powers. Before the one. powers oh one is there one? Give me one. give me that. There was one. There was one. He was in Oscorp, he was late for work. And the guy that was like his boss or whatever, that dickhole boss. Right, yeah. He was talking about the plans, and Max says, those are my plans, I designed the grid. And he was like, yeah, and I'm Spider-Man. And then he, like, we went into Max's head, basically, and he was like... Oh, that's right. You know, he, he did that rage thing where he's like, oh, you, don't you disrespect that name, like, you put your put some respect on that name or whatever. Like, right. grabbed his, his collar or whatever, and then it, like, flashback, and he was just like, uh... Just standing there like a, yeah. like a goob. You're right, you're right, there was that. There was that one scene of latent rage that... That was it. Okay, I take it back. I love the Electro storyline now. No, you don't. <laughs> but no, what I'm realizing is that uh, Electro in this movie is Milton from Office Space. Uh, yes. Now that you've laid that I, out I, for me. I set the building on fire. <laughs> I, I have to burn down the building. I, I, had a, I, could see this, I had a window. I could see the squirrels, and they were married. And I would electrocute everyone. Well, and I, I, I joke that he's a Milton from Office Space, but like, there's a lot of parallels there. Yeah. Uh, and like... <laughs> yeah. The, even the kind of stupid voice he uses, like Jamie Foxx's portrayal of this character is just so uneven. He goes from like Milton to like super mm-hmm. villain with no real sliding in between. It's just like once he gets the power, he's just all rage. There's no like sense of there is a sense that he wants to be seen like that's that's a clear yeah. that's that's the clear thing that they were trying to say. Like he wants to be seen if they had spent more time developing that character and how that character just wants to be noticed. Absolutely. And how he just wants to be seen, or he just wants to be recognized for his accomplishments. Like, if they had spent more time on that, then maybe we could have had more of a of a fleshed-out character, no oh, yeah. pun intended, with this non-corporeal character. Uh, <laughs> but, but, like, it took an hour to get to them even meeting in Times Square, with him saying, like, you know, this is not my fault. I don't, you know, I don't want this. Like, he's he's apologizing to Spider-Man and, like, not trying to hurt anybody. Right. And, like, if there could have been more of that sort of, like, I don't want to hurt anybody. I just want to be seen and recognized. But then people keep stromp, stomping on him, yeah, you know? Yeah, but people keep stomping on him. And, 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 like, or sniping There could have been so much, yeah, <laughs> shooting him in the shoulder. Like, it would have been so much better, but yeah. instead we get this like goofy character who literally fell into a vat and developed powers in, like you said, like the Joker. Yeah, this is very <laughs> Milton meets the Joker is what this is. <laughs> right. I guess the breaking point should have been that he had to go and fix a thing and stay late and fix a thing on his birthday and nobody decided to go and help him. Right. So then he decides to break all OSHA protocol and like climb on railings and shit and like not wear any safety gear or anything yeah, like that. That's, that's totally their fault. Yeah. It's everybody else pushing him to the breaking point. He did tell them that he needed help and they refused. He's like, yeah, right. Yeah. I have got to go to my well, party no, he or said, whatever. He said, shut down the power. And the guy's like, nah, I'm out the door. And he's like, but okay, fine. And then just climbs on railing. Like that's a, that's not a ladder. Uh, B, you need to have all of the grounding gear. Right. Like, even an electrostatic discharge bracelet would have helped a little bit, probably. Like, that would have at least shown that he cared about his own personal safety. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, is, like, he doesn't stand up for himself. Yeah. Like, that whole arc could have been so much better, but it wasn't. It just, it just didn't have it. He gets manipulated by a guy 
who seems to, I don't know, stumble upon the fact that this guy needs to be seen and heard and, you know, needs to be needed, I guess. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I need you. Wink, I need you. Well, no, I, th- uh, I think that's true. That's the thing. I think that was genuine. No, yeah. I think Green Goblin's moment of like, that's actually one of my only moments I like. And as one of the few moments I like in this is when the relationship between Green Goblin and, uh, and Electro kind of makes sense as short lived as it is. Cause he's like yeah. literally begging. And there's like a, there's a nice name. It's Dane DeHaan. Is that the guy's name? Dane DeHaan. Yeah. That's, he's, there's actually a great moment of acting where he's like, I need you. I really need you. And he's been begging Spider-Man the same way. He's been big. And Electro's like, someone finally needs me. And there's nothing, there's nothing like heroic in that moment. It's just someone finally needs me. This fulfills my need to be wanted. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to like go forward with this guy. It just seems that he stumbled upon it though. Oh, totally. Like he found the electro files or whatever. And then like, in a in a display that we did not see before at all, where he like took out two security guards with a taser uh, like, where'd he learn that fighting? But anyway, uh, I digress. The The thing that, like, really irks me about that is, like, this guy works at Oscorp, or Max worked at Oscorp, and Harry was there. Like, they were in the same building at the same time. I know they were, so it could have been really simple, and it could have, it could have uh, garnered some empathy toward Harry for him to see Max in the elevator and then be like, oh, hey, Max. Yeah. Totally agree. And be like that nice boss. In that same respect, it would have been nice to see a little bit of that from Peter Parker and Harry in the last movie, maybe, or something. Like, if you could have planted (laughs) Harry as a character in the last movie, just so we know he knows that guy. Like, right? yeah, Harry came out of nowhere, as you said in your shot. It took 45 minutes in the last movie to get to the point of Peter being bitten by a spider. Somewhere in that 45 minutes, we could have had a friend that got sent off to boarding school. Right. You know, totally. when he was a little kid. Absolutely. And then they come back together now, like in this movie, like, yeah, it would have been, you know, nice little friend arc. Right. Well, it could have been, it could have been somewhere mixed in with all the parents stuff because his parents worked for Oscorp. It would have made sense right. if they like played with each other as children or something, you know? Right. Right. <sighs> and like the, you know, we could have gotten some empathy for Harry if he had been the nice boss in the elevator and then because he's dying and trying to get people to save him and help him, like he's falling a bit more and a bit more, you know, with every person that says no, he gets a little more crazy. Right. And maybe even Max could have seen the thing on his neck and been like, Hey, are are you all right, sir? And he's like, Oh no, don't worry about me. I'm fine. I'm the boss. You know, you don't worry about me. I worry about you. And you know, just that little bit of dialogue would have been enough to, to really sell that part where he went to the, the Ravencroft Institute and broke him out. That one would have been okay. Yeah, I guess it showed him researching a little bit of Electro, like looking at the security footage of Ravencroft or something like that. So he didn't know, at least know that he was there. Well, he was just like, I see this guy has electrical powers and was created by us, sort of. And thanks to this high quality video footage that looks like it's on YouTube, uh, I I know that he wants to take out the power grid and, (laughs) you know, and make everybody... Uh, in like put everybody into a world of darkness. Yay. I can use that. I think it works on a, like if, if we just to believe that he's being genuine, like he really is just begging for help because he's on his last leg and he's like, I need your help. I need this. Please help me. But it, I, I agree. It could have worked well if we had some empathy for 
Harry, and then Harry had like been shown to be a good manipulator of people. And then had right. gone in there with the intent of manipulating him. And like, maybe he'd had a, had a conversation with him on an, on the elevator, as you said. And then he got a sense that this guy just wants to be seen. This guy just wants to be needed. Like that, that yeah. could have all could have that one little conversation. Like you say, um, like th- th- this movie could be great. And my biggest problem is just how freaking uneven it is. And like, well, how much of it uh, there is. There's a lot because there's, there's also. The plot of Peter, like, trying to figure out what the hell was going on with his dad. Yeah. And why, what Roosevelt was. Right. And he found that, that station that, like, going there did literally nothing for the rest of the movie. Right. Like, the rest of the plots, all 15 of them, (laughs) were not affected by that at all. In the slightest. He learns something from that tape or something, doesn't he? Mm Mm-mm. No? Okay. He figured out that his dad had put his own DNA into right. the spiders. Which, see, they could have easily connected that. And I think that, I think there is a connection there. I think what he learns is that the reason the spider serum worked was because his own DNA, his own family lineage is tied to it. Right. Like, that's why he didn't die from the spider bite. Right. Which is why he can't just give it to Harry. Right? Like, I think that's right. what that's supposed to connect to, but they don't make a good case for that. Yeah, they, like, we didn't even need that, though, because, like, the science is there that, like, I have radioactive blood. It's not going to work to save you. Right, right. Like, well, I mean, it's, it's I don't know that he just wanted to like, infuse himself. I think he wanted to study his blood and then use that you know? to, like, develop some sort of cure. It's possible it could have worked. Peter was just scared that it w- either wouldn't work or that. And I think that 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 bit where he learns about his father is supposed to be like, okay, my father used his own blood. That's why it worked on me. That's why it's, that's why I'm special. This isn't good for Harry. I can't just give it to Harry, but like, right. they don't, they don't, they don't do a good job tying that. I agree. That same discovery though. Like if they had replaced all of that Franklin bullshit, <laughs> if they had replaced all of that with like, you know, Hey, I got a vial of, of Spider-Man's blood. You know, he agreed to help you out. I brought this to you. Let's work on it together. And then like they do some tests on like mice or something and it just like kills them. And then they have that discussion of like, Harry, it's killing every test subject that we're doing anything with. I cannot put this inside you. Like I, I can't give you this. Right. And then like he spurns him and throws him away. Like, you know, you just want me to die. You're just wanting to let me die. And there's a better way that things could have worked and been more fleshed out. And this was just not it. Yeah. Agreed. And like then him getting in the fucking goblin suit and just like becoming green <laughs> goblin. So contrived. Like in that moment, it was a way for him to heal himself. That's why he knows that suit has a healing properties and like he's dying from whatever. And he, he goes over to like get in the he suit for healing. That makes sense. But there needed to be like more steps between that and Let's drop your girlfriend down the yeah. bell tower. Like he goes from, I, I, I'm trying to heal myself. It's not working. I get in the suit to, I'm on a goblin glider with goblin bombs throwing them at you. There was not like steps in between. And that's why this movie would have worked with one or two of the, one of those villains, not yeah. two, not three, not six different plot lines. They were just trying to set up too much. I mean, like people make fun of Marvel Studios for trying to like, use one movie to set up the next. And I think this yeah. was, this one actually is too many things trying to set up the next movie instead of like yeah. trying to build one good story. Yeah. And like we saw a similar issue in, uh, 
Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man in Spider-Man 3, right. there was too much studio interference where they were trying to set up too many things. Absolutely. And, like, they should have learned their lesson at that yeah. point. When you do that, you end your franchise. Like, that's what they've yeah. done twice. <laughs> yeah. This movie came out in 2014. We had already seen, uh, from 2008 to 2012, how to set, you know, one good story up to see another good story and and then converge things from the from the MCU. Right. I don't know why they didn't learn that lesson. Like it was already there for you to just kind of slowly go about it. So the problem is Sony only has one hero, right? Not right. not really. They have a few other like whatever Spider Woman and Spider any of the Spider Heroes. But they have one popular hero they can use. And so what they were trying to do is use this one movie or franchise, the the sequel to spin off, you know, a few other things to happen. They wanted a Sinister Six movie. We know that. Um, which I, I think it was a really good writer at the time. Was it Drew Goddard who was working on that? I don't know. Anyway, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Drew Goddard. Yeah, yeah. Who, who I love from a lot of the like Joss Whedon stuff back in the day. Um, and I would love to see his Sinister Six movie. I bet it was going to be awesome, but like we never. But you try to shove it all in one, you, you just tease the next thing. And they did a pretty good job of that in the first first one. Teasing Mr. Freese. Fierce. Fierce? Oh, Fierce. sorry. Fierce. Uh, you're right, you're right. Okay, so the, clearly we weren't a big fan, big fans of this one. But right. what I am a big fan of is the fact that we get some of these characters back in some form. So let's talk about, in our segment, Mixers, let's talk about what we think they will be bringing forth from this movie and what we want to see out of those characters. We know from trailers that they're bringing Electro forward, right? They're bringing Electro into the MCU. Right. Some form of Electro, but he looks that drastically different. So he has, yeah, he has yellow electricity. His skin isn't going nutso, but it also does look like he has an arc reactor on his chest or in his, in his harness yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, it makes me think Stark Tech is at play again. I'm so happy maybe, for that. Maybe. I don't know. It, to me, it didn't know. look like an arc reactor. It looked more like a little electricity box. It looked like a freaking flux capacitor on his <laughs> chest. A circular flux <laughs> capacitor. You got just like little lightning bolts. One21 <laughs> <laughs> gigawatts! How's he, I mean, you know. There's yeah. going to be a DeLorean oh. in this movie. So that's what I need. That's what I need from Electra. I need him to say 1.21 gigawatts at some point. Yeah. In the film, a bolt would, of lightning. It's like I need him to go eighty miles per hour and just disappear in two streaks yeah. of lightning. <laughs> that would be perfect. It really would. It would be perfect. That, would make, that probably would have made this movie so much better. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like, let's. Well, maybe maybe that's how he, you know, makes time travel possible. The flux capacitor. Maybe that's what makes multiverse travel possible. Sure. Sure. Um, so. So we know that Electro is coming forward, some form of Electro, and this one seems to fit that uh, that phrasing that Doctor Strange used a lot more of, like, they died fighting Spider-Man. That's their... Yes. Uh, that's their their fate. Right. Um, and I really don't want this version of Green Goblin to come up. Right. Because I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. The better Green Goblin died fighting Spider-Man right. in, what, 2001? 2002? I mean, I think clearly they were trying to set something up where the, the, the epic battle between Peter and his best friend Harry, that we're going to like have this big battle in the third one where like, you know, you killed Gwen Stacy and like, I'm sad about it and now we fight. Like, that was what I think they were going for with a third movie probably. 
but like that never happened. And so I just don't feel like we ever got anything from this green goblin that was valuable. Yeah. Just at yeah. all. <laughs> and not in the slightest really. And I really liked Dane DeHaan too. Like I liked him as Harry and I liked him, uh, I liked him in the post credits or like the later sequence, uh, the months later sequence in the, um, jail when he's just yeah. like crazy green goblin with all the flary skin and stuff. Like he just, I don't know. It's just a little too crazy from, yeah, from, it was, it's a bit too much from Harry to 60 miles per hour. You know what I mean? Like in no time flat, like he just went to <laughs> from Harry to goblin, like really a little too quickly. Yeah. That was the fastest quarter mile we've ever seen go. Yeah. And yeah, you're supposed to live your life a quarter mile at a time there. Dane DeHaan, you, you you went full goblin. This is like twice we've brought the Fast and Furious franchise into Spider-Man. Sorry, man. Since we did it on Bingers, it's just a part of my soul. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> you may have the Sinister Six, but we've got family. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I, I kind of have a problem with set design in this movie, too. Okay. Like when Gwen was at her desk, uh, there was <laughs> there was there was a microscope behind her at her office desk because she's she's science <laughs> because she does science. There's a microscope behind her at her office desk. Like this looked like an office that I worked in when in her right. cubicle. Right, right. I will say I have seen stuff like that before as like decoration. People put like. Like, you know, they'll put, like, molecules and shit back behind yeah, them. Yeah, but you, it's not where you do the science. No, I, I totally agree. Like, that's not a sterile environment. <laughs> nope. It's not, not like, not, no, God. Yeah, I agree. This is not the lab. But I will say, I've been in, like, you know, whatever, TA's offices, and they'll just have a, you know, look at my collection of microscopes up top here. Yeah. But I agree. It's silly. I guess it was just the whole movie... Set design and everything was just super contrived and like, mm-hmm. you know, things oh, like, oh God, when she was, when she was like, I've seen the specs for this, for this grid, I know how to reset it. She gets in there and it's the big box that says master reset on it and it's got a lock on it and she looks over and one of the dead guys has a key hanging off of his finger like, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. I'm with you. 100% with you. Uh, uh, well, let's rename this The Ridiculous Spider-Man. Yeah, two. that's fine. Number two. Uh, what the hell? So, okay, we talked about Electro. Sorry. We talked about Goblin. I think, I, I, I'm with you. I don't think Goblin belongs in the No Way Home unless he's just one of many. Like, if there's just a bunch of bad guys coming through, like when, you know... If he's just a reference, I'm fine with it. I really don't need him as a character. There's nothing to fulfill there. I I don't want him like looking for a cure or something. <laughs> Maybe this Spider-Man who looks more like me. <laughs> he's my age. I'm 20 and drinking. <laughs> Same thing with Rhino. I think Rhino is unnecessary. Yeah, no. Rhino didn't even need to be in this movie. Yeah, I really really didn't. <laughs> Paul Giamatti was wasted. I hate it because I like Paul Giamatti a lot. And like that role was not fitting of him. Like him being no, like just a been. Russian brawler. I don't know. Like, I don't it, know. I mean, it looked like he was having fun with the character, which 100%. I love 
for him, but he didn't have enough time to have fun with the character. Sure. Like, he could have been the bruiser of the group. Sure, that's great. But, like, start the next movie with that. Don't give me that in here and just tease me at the end. Like, you're already putting too much in here. Yeah. They really, I'm hoping they've learned their lesson. I mean, I think they have. They've made two really solid Spider-Man movies now. Um, that, that yeah, were very well, Marvel Studios has made two really solid right, Spider-Man right. movies. And in collaboration, though, hopefully, hopefully we'll get, uh, they'll stick with it. I mean, even their, um, Venom movies have not been overstuffed. They have their own issues, but they're not overstuffed. So. I was I'm so scared that. when they, they kept saying the word Venom, like the spider Venom. Right. The spider venom being extracted. I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't you do it. I see you're tempted. Uh, Okay. So Andrew Garfield's clearly a likely candidate for coming into No Way Home. Uh, Now that we've seen both movies, what do you need from his character? I need for him to, I need for him to save uh, a spider love, if you will. Um, Catch catch Mary Jane. That's been the the thing everyone's saying as we see that shot of, Mary MJ falling off the uh, the statue of Captain America, I guess. Probably, probably. <laughs> that is that's what it is, right? It's like a bronze statue. It looks like it's the uh, uh, Statue of Liberty, but you can see a shield at the edge. Yeah, I haven't paid that much attention yeah, to it. And in one of the trailers, I think I think that's just I don't know why I thought that was clear, but maybe I'm making that up. But I think I it's a, I think it's a statue of Captain America that's being unveiled. I, just, I remember her falling. That yeah, that's all I remember is like oh. Here's an here's a spider love falling again. Yeah, I think catching her would be wonderful for his character. I also think that we we hit the nail on the head last time we were talking about. There's this difference in opinion. He is going to be clearly on the side of like no one needs no one needs to know who you are. People yeah. only die when they know who you are. So he's going to yeah. be clearly on the course of like secret identities and keeping your friends and family away from your spider life. And Tom Holland's Peter Parker doesn't feel that way at all. Tom Holland's got close friends who he wants to be part of his life. Yeah. If he's in the movie enough for them to have conversations, I think that's going to be the heart of their difference. Yeah. Well, there was also uh, Toby. Um, He's like... (laughs) In, in the first movie, you know, I caught my love. I don't like, and I saved the people in the, in the tram car. So right. what, what did you do wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to see who, which one's going to be the, uh, which one's going to be that example and which one is Peter is, is young Peter going to follow. Also, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see, like, we know that, uh, Melina looks like he, the same age as he did, uh, you know, Alfred Molina. Yeah. Alfred Molina looks the same age, uh, as he did when they did the original Spider-Man or whatever. So like, yeah, are they going Pre- to update that or not? They probably took some, they, or they probably took the same route of de-aging on him that they did for Sam Jackson in, uh, in Captain Marvel. Right. I guess what I'm, we're going to see yeah, some of that. Totally agree. My, my question is, I wonder, I don't, I don't think that's clear. My question is, I wonder what they'll do with things like, uh, with other characters. Uh, like oh yeah, like Andrew Peter. Garfield. Will Andrew Garfield be t- uh, ten years older and have lived a life of you know being yeah uh, I don't know affected by all this stuff or is is he going to be uh, Grizzly Spider Man? Yeah, is he going to be Grizzly Spider Man or is he going to be like just off of this movie Spider Man? You know, will yeah. will Gwen Stacy have just died? You know what I mean? Oh yeah yeah yeah, I see what you're saying. And then if Toby comes in, is he going to be? younger is he gonna continue to be a statue um 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel like he, it'll be hard to pull off. Well, I don't know. I just don't know. I haven't seen Tobey Maguire in many years, so I don't know what he looks like now or yeah, if he's looking well, older or younger. Here's something that I keep coming back to um, in, in thinking about these characters and, you know, how they're likely going to converse with one another. Like Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man had the one person in his life that he loved the most uh, die because they knew. Right. Because she knew that he was right. Spider-Man. Right. Right. Like when, uh, when her dad found out, he pretty much immediately died. But Toby Maguire, Spider-Man, that Peter Parker had MJ know for a while. And like they had a relationship while he was being Spider-Man. Like she was, you know, go get him tiger. And right. You know, like right, she right, was right. supporting him on that. So like, it was only when he got to be doing too much Spider-Manning and didn't like balance his life appropriately that she really got kind of pushed away. And like when he got the, the symbiote and like, you know, that whole thing or whatever, but like, it looks like, you know, it looks like there could be a conversation between those two older Spider-Men of like, you know, one of them says, people knowing who you are only gets them hurt. And the other one saying like, you have to have somebody in your life that you're, you know, is your rock that supports you, that knows what's going on. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to go nuts. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's likely if that's the case that Andrew Garfield has gone a little nuts. If he's been 10 years by himself. Oh God. Yeah, Mm. man, it, it would be so great to have that kind of conversation. I just, I don't know that we have the time for it in, one film, right? You know? No, I th- but see, it's 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 contained enough idea, and it ties into the theme that we're going for with No Way Home. You know, like uh, yeah. the whole idea is that I mean, the, the last movie ended with his uh, identity being outed, and now he's trying to put that genie back in the bottle, or put that toothpaste back in the bottle, or whatever. Um, so yeah, and that thing people say can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Uh maybe. <laughs> Fine. Uh, never mind. <laughs> Forget I said it. No, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> We're just gonna live with it. It's fine. <laughs> We're just gonna fine. Live with it. Okay, last one. I have an idea for this. What do you think of Gwen Stacy returning? Some version nope. of her. I don't no? like it. Well, maybe a Gwen Stacy from one of the different verses. Wasn't there Gwen Stacy in uh the third one? In the Tobey Maguire third one? Yes, I believe so. Uh, but she was mm. just uh, like a secretary or something at the Daily Bugle, I believe. I don't think she was. Uh... I thought that was Betty Brandt. Oh, you might be right. You might be right. But I do think Gwen Stacy appears somewhere in there. But I don't think. Here's what mm. I think: like when all, if if we see a bunch of Spider people at some point come in to help, if there's like a Spider Gwen played by the actress who played her in the Amazing Spider Man. Um, sorry. Brain trees. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yeah. If there's a Spider Gwen played by Emma Stone and like Spider Man, Andrew Garfield gets to see her for a second, even if just like glancing off, looking at her among yeah. a bunch of Spider Men, that could be badass. That could be good. That could be fun. Um, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the plot of Spider Gwen in the comics is that she doesn't know how she got resurrected. She just knows that she died. Huh. And, um, yeah, that could be that could be an interesting little tidbit to maybe branch off into a a different part of the Spider Verse. Yeah, it seems it seems a little bit uh, weird to have that kind of character who 
you know, Spider-Gwen was voiced by Haley Steinfeld in Into the Spider-Verse, and Haley, St- Haley Steinfeld is now, you know, being Kate Bishop in the <laughs> Hawkeye series. Like, I don't know where they're going with this. <laughs> yeah, that that is weird and pretty interesting. That's that's the ones that I'm most thinking we'll see in in No Way Home, if anybody. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't get um, Felicity Jones from this from this film. Uh, her version of Felicia Hardy uh, getting turned into or getting like shown as Black Cat, like that would have been mm. that could have been a lot of fun. Yeah, but one more thing, you know. Well, like they had to cut it know, off somewhere. Take away, take away a whole bunch of the extra garbage and just make it about a will they, won't they kind of situation with uh, Peter and Gwen. Yeah, and then maybe Felicia's in there. Like, no, no, you should be super person, super spider person, because you know I'm, I'm attracted to that, and I'm a, a voluptuous, lovely lady <laughs> that you know can be a super person with you. You know, yeah. and he has to make the decision between those two and, you know. Yeah, that could work. It'd be a very different kind of thing. Completely different film. Yeah, yeah. I clearly, they, they, and, you know, I, I see why they wouldn't make it just a love story. Well, they want the love story. They wanted to have, like, the, you know, whatever. The super things. The yeah. super things, but, like. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I think we've all grown past that at this point. <laughs> Clearly, we need clearly, a little more substance in our super stories. Clearly, we've all grown past superhero stories. We're not talking about it every day nope. on the podcast or anything. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Until next time, true believers. Bingers Assemble is a stranded panda podcast. For all of our podcasts and other geeky creative projects, go to strandedpanda.com. Until next time, true believers. (laughs) (laughs) Works for me.